Testament passage today, 2 Samuel chapter 4, starting in verse 1 through chapter 5, verse 25. When Ishboeth, Saul's son, heard that Abner had died at Hebron, his courage failed, and all of Israel was dismayed. Now Saul had two sons who were captain of raiding bands. The name of one was Bana, and the name of the other was Rechab, sons of Rimon, a man of Benjamin from Beeroth, for Beeroth is also counted as part of Benjamin. The Beerothites fled to Gitaim, and have been sojourners there to this day. Jonathan, the son of Saul, had a son who was crippled in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. As she fled, in her haste, he fell and became lame. And his name was Mepipholeth. Now the sons of Rimon and the Bershurite, Rechab and Bana, set out, and about in the heat of the day they came to the house of Ishbohesh, and he was talking with his noonday rest. And they came into the midst of the house as if to get wheat, and they stabbed him in the stomach. Then Rechab and Bana, his brother, escaped. When they came into the house as he lay on his bed in his bedroom, they struck him and put him to death and beheaded him. They took his head and went by the way of the Arabah all night and brought the head of Ishbosheth to David at Hebron. And they said to the king, Here is the head of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, your enemy, who sought your life. The Lord has avenged my Lord the king on this day, on Saul and on his offspring. But David answered Rishab and Baanath, his brothers, the sons of Rimon and the Burothite, as the Lord lives who have redeemed my life out of adversary. When one told me, Behold, Saul is dead, and thought he was bringing good news, I seized him and killed him at Ziklag, which was the reward I gave him for his news. How much more when wicked men have killed a righteous man in his own house on his bed? Shall I not now require his blood at your hand and destroy you from the earth? And David commanded his young men, and they killed them and cut off their hands and feet and hanged them beside the pole at Hebron. But they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it at the tomb of Abner at Hebron. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. In times past, when Saul was king over us, it was you who led us out and brought us to Israel. And the Lord said to you, You shall be a shepherd of my people Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them. And at Hebron, before the Lord, they anointed David king over Israel. David was thirty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned forty years. At Hebron he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. At Jerusalem he reigned over Israel and Judah thirty-three years. And the king and his men went down to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who said to David, You will not come in here, but the blind and the lame will ward you off, thinking, David cannot come in here. 
Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. And David said on that day, Whoever would like to strike the Jebusites, let him get up on the water shaft to attack, and the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul. Therefore it is said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. And David lived in the stronghold and called it the city of David. And David built the city all around from Milio inward. And David became a greater and greater for the Lord. The God of hosts was with him. That's an important thing. God was with him in what he did. And Hiram, the king of Tyre, sent a message to David, and cedar trees, also carpenters and masons, who built David a house. And David knew that the Lord had established him over the king of Israel, not that he established himself, but he understood this was God's doing, and that he exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. And David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem after he came from Hebron, and more sons and daughters were born to David. And all these were the names of of them born to him in Jerusalem, Shamua, Shohbab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Elisha, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Eliada, and Eliphet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down into the stronghold. Now the Philistines came and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them in my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal-Pezerim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore the name of the place is called Baal-Perazim. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired the Lord, he said, You shall not go up. Go around their rear and come against them from the opposite of the basalm trees. And where you hear the sound of the marching of the tops of the basalm trees, then rouse yourself, for the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. It's amazing what we can accomplish when God is with us, when God is on our side. Important things for us to remember as we open up our hearts and worship our Heavenly Father some more.
for our New Testament passage, John chapter 16, verses 16 to 33. A little while, and you will see me no longer. And again, in a little while, you will see me, Jesus said. So some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me, and in a little while you will see me, and because I am going to the Father? So they were talking, What does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Is this what you were asking yourselves, what I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me, and a little while you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. So when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of your father in my name, he will give to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I will tell you plainly about the father. In that day, I will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to my Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you're speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you are that all things do not need to question you, and this is why we believe that you came from God. And Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. As I have said these things to you, that in me you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This passage is clearly laying out by Jesus some important things that are going to come. That an hour was going to come when people were going to think, oh no, this is it, it's over, this is the end. But he was reminding them, that's not the end of the story, there's still hope. I'm going to see you again. You're going to see me again. This isn't the end. Yeah, it's going to be a rough patch, just like a woman giving birth. It's going to hurt for a bit. But afterwards, it produces so much joy. And the overcome, that sorrow, that's important for us to remember in our life. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your word, for your wisdom. We pray, Lord God, that you be with us, teach us and guide us each and every step of our life. Lord, we thank you that we learn and understand that sorrow is a temporary thing. But Lord, in the end, it's going to end well. It's going to end in praise. That's why we sing that song. That's why we hold on to that. That's why we believe that. And Lord, we know that you're working in our life. 
Father, we pray, Lord God, that you'll continue to bless this land. You'll continue, Lord God, to have opportunity. Give wisdom to the government officials. Give strength to the medical professionals. Lord, we pray for sickness and disease to be gone from our household, Lord God. Lord, we pray and ask that you heal our land. Lord, we thank you that we get to come and be in your house. Let us all have the opportunity, Father God, to come and be in your house, to worship you, to honor you, to praise you, because Father, you are so good and you are so worthy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I look forward to seeing you in God's house this weekend. Have an awesome weekend, COP. See you real soon.